Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome everyone. I'm so glad to have you joining us for the July 2022 podcast. We are going to be talking about how to get people saved every Sunday, invitations that people respond to. We're going to jump into that in just a moment, but uh, I'm not sure when it will actually be released. It could already be at DeanHawk.com. But we just finished a spring, what I would call a spring early summer series that is called Supernatural. And I want to encourage you to download that, check that out, consider that maybe for this fall, consider it for the first of the year. I think it's, uh, I don't remember if it's 10, 11 parts, Supernatural God, Supernatural Disciples, going back to the book of Acts. And it gives a very explicit, detailed teaching on on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying and speaking in other tongues. And it's just very practical there. Then we did one on supernatural prayer, supernatural healing. I did one that answered some tough questions on supernatural questions of why do people die? And what if people don't get healed? And do I take medicine? And, and some of those things, supernatural habits, supernatural provisions, supernatural gifts, and supernatural direction. Encourage you to check that out. Of course, all of those are always free to bless you. So let's dive into today's subject. This podcast was actually inspired when I was asked the question, why is it, how come, what do you do that every time you give an invitation, people respond? Now, that's just a part of our culture of our church, but but in both of our services, early service, second service, when we had three services, mid-service, late service, we would have people respond every single Sunday that someone was giving their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And, and you know, I realize it's your church, your choice. I know that a lot of churches do not give <clears throat> a specific invitation for people to make a commitment, make a new decision for Christ. I get, I don't really understand why someone would not want to do that. I thought the mission of our church was to reach people for Christ. And yes, they can accept Christ through our small groups and, and through our men's groups and our women's groups and all of those things. But why not, when we're preaching the gospel, we would not give an invitation? So I'm just going to make the assumption you do, but I'm going to guess that sometimes it can be kind of difficult and hard. And here's one of the reasons that I think some pastors don't and haven't is this. I believe the number one reason actually is this, is we don't like giving them over and over again each week and no one responds. And I totally understand and I feel your pain. It feels awkward. I keep, I keep asking if anyone wants to get saved. I can look at the crowd in my church and go, everybody's saved. Why am I giving an invitation? Well, I'm going to coach you through this process today. And many, uh, many people in my church are confident and excited about inviting their friends and family to church because they know 
we are always going to give an invitation. They're coming up and saying to me in the lobby before service, my mom is in from out of town. She's here today. I'm, I can't wait. I'm praying she gives her life to Christ at the end of service. I had a teenager come up and say, man, one of my friends is coming. He's never been in church in his lifetime. Well, there's, there's a confidence and there's a hope to bring lost people, unsaved people, because they're excited about the opportunity. So today, get out your notes, get out your laptop, your phone, jot down some notes. I'm going to share about, I think it's nine or 10 steps on things that we do specifically to see people born again each and every Sunday. First and foremost, number one, we must create a church culture that winning people to Christ is our mission, it is our passion, and it is our purpose. It is the reason that we exist, and we want to make it hard to go to hell in Colorado Springs. And we believe the most important moment on any given Sunday morning service is the invitation time. I don't have to tell my members, please don't leave. Please stay in your seats. They are staying because it is a highlight of the service, and we've made it of the highest priority rather than a burden or a necessity. Secondly, number two, we pray for people to get saved on a daily basis. It's part of my personal prayer time. It's something that we pray for in our staff prayer times, that this Sunday, this service, that people would be born again. People would feel comfortable in surrendering their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And then in all of our church-wide prayer gatherings, we open our service with prayer uh, about two minutes before service, quote, quote, starts. We open with two minutes of prayer. We are praying for people to get born again and repent and surrender their lives to Jesus that day. We are praying for our members to be bold in inviting their friends and family members. We are praying that the lost would come when they are invited. And then we're praying specifically for that ministry moment during that invitation. We're taking authority over fear. We're, we're coming against the lies and deceptions of the enemy that would try and deceive someone from making that step of faith. We are praying that people's eyes and ears will be open to see and to hear the truth of God's word. We pray that our people feel loved and valuable and precious, accepted, that they feel safe, and that we want to create an environment of love and acceptance where they can make that decision in faith and not out of fear. Number three, we budget time in our service for the invitation. This is big. All too often, we as guilty, been there, done that before, we as pastors, we preach a sermon, we do the ministry moment, and then we're like, oh yeah, I should give an altar call, an invitation. Hey, is there anybody here that you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ? Let me check before we go, because everybody's getting antsy and they want to go. And we just kind of pile it on. We don't really put a lot of heart or a lot of emphasis into it. Well, here at Rock in our planning center breakdown, that we know how long the worship set's going to go. We know long how long the host has to share and to receive the offering, to share what they're going to share. I know as the communicator how long I have to teach. If we're going to go back into worship at the end, what that timing looks like. We budget around four minutes out of our 65 to 75 minute service. They're usually right now run around 70, 75 minutes is our plan. 
we budget four minutes to allow me an opportunity to present the good news and give an invitation for people to accept Christ. The faith of the people goes way down. The faith of your congregation goes way down when we rush it. The people feel the tension. They feel the burden. We're out of time. We have to do it. And everyone's like, get her done, Pastor. Get her done. And nobody, and 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 our, our members are actually praying. I hope, I hope nobody raises their hand because we got to go because we've gone too long. Number four, prepare your members to be involved and not just spectators. This is huge. Pastors, you're going to need to teach and to preach on this, about casting the nets on the water, about being fishers of men, about what is the Great Commission, and then coach them on the specifics of how you want them to participate. I've already coached and preached on this subject many, many times, that you, as a member of this church, are a part of this great adventure, and that you are the one to move, that when someone responds in your row or your section to be born again, that you are the one that has the privilege, not the burden, the privilege, the greatest miracle there is, is someone turning from dark to light, from death to life, and you get the privilege of being the one of leading them to Christ and leading them in a prayer. Now, you have to understand how we do our invitation. I think it is podcast number one that is called Heads Up, Eyes Open, and it is my belief system on how we do invitations. There are another segment, but we don't say every head bowed, every eye closed. We're not going to sneak you into heaven. We're going to walk you through the front door. And one of the things I say is, is if you can't stand up for Jesus in church, you're never going to stand up for Jesus outside these doors. So we're going to ask you to do something very bold. And with everyone looking, with every head up and eyes are open, in the midst of this crowd, we're going to ask you to say yes to Jesus. I'll get more on that in just a moment. Uh, number five, walk in faith and fully expect people to respond. Fully expect and anticipate today in first service, somebody's getting saved. And I want to encourage you pastors to break the stereotypes that, well, sinners come to the late service. There are early morning rising sinners that come to your earliest service possible. But we have to be careful because all too often people are giving an invitation out of tradition, out of duty, out of obligation. We're supposed to do this. There's no faith. There's no anticipation. There's, there's, there's nothing there. And then why would you be surprised that nobody responded? Every single Sunday, I am fully convinced and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that in every single service, somebody is going to raise their hand and be born again today. Why is that? Well, back to what we talked about. We're praying for it. We're praying for it daily. We're praying for it weekly. We're asking God to partner with us in reaching and finding his lost kids. It's something we're praying for. And ask my staff, I am almost in shock when no one raises their hand. I mean, it's like, clear, pastor, it's okay that somebody didn't raise their hand today. It is a rare occasion that somebody doesn't get born again. All right, step number six, prepare for the invitation. This is the most important. Here's what so many pastors don't do and I didn't used to do. 
prepare for the invitation as much or more than you prepare for the sermon. Prepare for the invitation as much or more than you prepare for the sermon. We're going to do a a future podcast on sermon preparation, sermon writing and development. But I just want to ask you this question. If you got up and preached the exact same sermon every Sunday for 52 Sundays straight, how many people would attend your church? How many people would want to come and hear you next Sunday? Yet, when we give invitations, we have the exact same verbiage, the exact same example, the exact same invitation, and it becomes dry, stale, and boring, and there's nothing exciting about getting born again. People will tune you out and go numb when you become repetition. I ask the Lord every week, Lord, what is the bait on the line for this Sunday morning? I want to be spirit-led, just like I I believe we are spirit-led in what to preach and what to teach. I want to be spirit-led on, Lord, what is the phrase? What is the analogy, the illustration? What can I say that would lead people to Christ? Now, one of the things I do is when I'm going through uh, my paper Bible and having my devotional time is if you flip through my paper Bible, beside verses, you will see the initial I with a circle around it. And as I've gone through the New Testament, I have circled verses that I want to use for an invitation, because I believe one of the strongest things we can say is to speak and declare the words of Jesus or the living word of God in our presentation of the gospel. My invitations are not an afterthought, but they are pre-planned, prepared, pre-thought out, prayed out, and a divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Example, this was just this was just uh, a number of Sundays ago. I'm 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 asking Lord, what can I do? How can I how can I draw people into your kingdom today? And the Lord gave me this illustration. And so before service, I found a family, had a brand newborn baby. They're sitting on the side. The baby's asleep. I said, at the end of the service, would you be willing to bring a little Asher up, little uh, uh, Neva up? Would you bring her or him or her up? You'll hold them. I just want to use them for an illustration. At the end of the service, it's got my four minutes for the invitation. I said, would you bring up little Asher? Would you bring up Neva? Each of the two services. Neva was a a two-and-a-half-week-old baby girl. And I brought her up, and and everyone's doing the typical, oh, oh, so sweet. And then here's what I presented. Here was my invitation. I said, why do we like newborn babies so much? What draws us? All of us are just like, I want to hold it. Oh, and our hearts are just drawn to this new human being. Well, what is it? Well, a major piece of it is the innocence and the purity and 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 just the 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 life of this child think about it they haven't committed a sin yet they've not looked at their mother or father and went no you can't make me they've not rebelled they've not stolen candy off the walmart shelf they have done nothing they are pure they are holy and they are innocent and can we say they are sinless? 
Now everybody's ooing and aahing over the baby. And then I turn this to those that are lost and without Jesus. And I said, but some of you here, you have a track record. And you look at your life and you're disappointed and you're defeated by your bad choices, your bad decisions, all the sin and mistakes and errors that you've made. But what if I told you that when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, you are born again and you are restored spiritually just as though this child here, just as though you had never sinned. God cleanses you, purifies you, and you start with a brand new beginning. Boom. That's a way to present the gospel. Another one, I'll give you one more. And you say, well, wait, I got to write these down. Don't worry about writing these down. Get inspired by the Holy Spirit. Learn and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But here's one, here's one more that I've used in the past a number of times. God says to every human being, if you want to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. There are 613 laws in the Old Testament in Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy, and there is a test you have to take of the 613 questions on it, and you have to get them all right. This is an all right. This is a pass or fail. If you miss one, you don't go to heaven. You have to do all 613. But here's what our Heavenly Father says. My son took the test, and he scored a perfect score. And what I'm going to allow you to do is if you want, you can take his score, or you can take the test yourself. But I'm going to tell you up front, you're never going to be able to do it, and you've already failed. Would you be willing to accept the score of my son so that you can have entrance into heaven? All of a sudden, people have a new insight and a new wisdom and a new understanding on being born again and coming home to Heavenly Father. Number seven, get them to practice the motion and the moment. I'm going to have that unique piece, that unique hook, that unique bait, that unique piece. And then some of these things I'm going to do uh, not every Sunday, but you're going to hear multiple pieces that I will incorporate in my invitation. Number seven is get them to practice emotion in the moment. And one of the things I might say on any given Sunday is, is I said, if, if I have a stack of $100 bills and I said, I'm giving them away today, who is interested? Guess what? Everyone in the crowd raises their hand. I'll pick on and tease somebody who doesn't raise their hand. Do you not need $100? And, and I, I'm challenging them that the same way that when we see something we want, we respond by, I want that with an uplifted hand. And that getting born again and surrendering your life to God is just that easy. It's you simply saying, raising your hand and saying, God, I want what you are giving away. I want a relationship with you. And all you have to do is let God know and let us know that you're wanting that by an uplifted hand, which then leads to point number eight. I'm going to shower them with love, and I'm going to dispel their fears. I'll say something like this. I want you to know that you're in a safe place today. And I want you to know that we've all made mistakes, and, and we've all been the greatest of sinners. I might even say, if you have ever sinned in your life, would you raise your hand? Once again, I'm reinforcing 
the the motion that I'm going to want them to take, that this is not abnormal, but it's normal. Then they see everyone raise their hand. The Bible says we've all fallen short, sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. And what we want you to know is we're not here to judge you. And in fact, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world, but he is asking us to judge ourselves. And we're asking you to judge your own heart. Leads us to step number nine, be bold and lead them with confidence. Here's what I would say. And today, when you say yes to Jesus and yes to God's love, this is this place is going to cheer, shout, and celebrate you. You know that this is a decision you need to make in your life. And you know this is a change that you need to make. And in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And you're going to raise your hand because when you raise your hand, it's something you want. And your heart is telling you right now, this is a choice. This is a decision that you need to make. Today is your day to say yes. And so this is going to take guts because every head is up and every eye is open. But you know what? We love you enough and we respect you enough that we don't want to sneak you into heaven. We want to walk you through the front doors. And it would be our honor and our privilege to pray with you and and walk you into a relationship with Almighty God. And if you can't say yes to Jesus in this church, if you say, well, no, I'd be too embarrassing, I'm going to tell you, don't raise your hand, because if you can't say yes to Jesus here, you're never going to live for him out there. And we wouldn't want you to be a hypocrite. And then I'll go on. But I know that you are ready to run into the loving arms of our Heavenly Father, who accepts you and who chooses to adopt you as his very own son and daughter. And today, when your hand goes up, you're going to hear this. Maybe you've never been to a church that does this, but when you say yes to Jesus, this place is going to cheer like the Denver Broncos just won the Super Bowl. And then you don't need to move. You don't need to do anything. We're going to dispel that fear. What's going to happen when I raise my hand? Someone is going to come and pray with you. I've already coached my members, men to men, women to women. Someone's going to come and pray with you right where you stand. And you're going to be born again, and your life will be changed. Are you ready? Here we go. Get ready. Get your arms, hands out of your pockets. I'm coaching them. Get ready to raise your hand. I want you to just, I want you to close your eyes because you don't care what anyone else does. This is about you and your walk with God. The devil's not going to steal, kill, or destroy from you anymore. Today, you're coming home to the Father. Here we go. One, two, And then I'll throw both of my hands up three. Then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to wait and my ushers are in the back and they begin to point. And I go one and I point over there and I give them a a high five, a thumbs up. Two, there's another one over there. Three, four. And I begin to count out the number of people. My church cheers. They're excited. Then I'll even coach. I would encourage you, go watch my Sunday sermons and go to the last two minutes of of each message. Skip the rest of me go watch a handful of invitations. And then if somebody's not moving, sometimes they won't see it. I'll say, hey, this young lady right over here raised her hand. Way to go, sweetheart. I need a woman to move right over here. And they're looking like her. Yes, you go. And then 
when that happens, then a screen comes up on a, a slide comes up on all of our large screens. Very simple salvation prayer that our people are trained. We don't have an altar care team. If you're a member of Rock, you are expected to be able to be a reproducing believer and follower and Christian. And so we ask them to go. Then they just go and introduce themselves, and then they say, "Would you bow your head?" And, and close your eyes and let me lead you in this prayer. And then they just read line by line that's on the screen. While that is happening, I've exited the stage. Our service host pastor has come to close out the service. And when there are people that have raised their hand, he or she is going to say, hey, just join me and pray over these. And they'll just do a general prayer as they begin their new journey in faith to allow the people time to minister to those making the commitment before all the hustle and the bustle and the movement as we let service out. And so you say, well, what do you do on Sundays that no one raises their hand? I use that as a time to cast vision. Well, let me tell you what would happen if someone did raise their hand. You're going to go from your row, from your section. You're going to lead them and introduce yourself, lead them in a sinner's prayer. And then when the prayer is over, we want you, we're going to go men to men, women to women. We want you to get their cell phone number. And, and in about 24 to 48 hours, we want you to shoot them a text, give them a phone call and say, hey, this is Dean. I was the one that prayed with you on Sunday. Just want to touch base with you. Do you have any questions? How can I continue to pray with you? And then we also ask them to fill out one of our commitment cards, and we either collect that or they drop that in one of our offering boxes. Hey, there you go. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, dean at rockfamilychurch.com or dean at deanhawk.com. Both of those will get a personal email sent direct to me. If you have any topics you would like to hear teaching on, let me know about that. We'll add that to the future list of podcasts that are upcoming. I hope you're having an amazing summer. Get some rest, recharge your batteries. We will see you next month. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.